وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لِرُسُلِهِمْ And those people who disbelieved said to their messengers, لَنُخْرِجَنَّكُمْ مِنْ أَرْضِنَا We will surely expel you, drive you out from our land. They threatened the prophets. They threatened the people who believed in the prophets. We're going to expel you. You better stop or we're going to expel you. Or surely you shall definitely return to our religion. Meaning either you become like us or you leave. If you want to stay with us, then you be like us. And if you don't want to be with us, if you're not with us, then we're going to expel you. Now what do we see? That gradually the opposition increased. The difficulties increased. What do we want? That in life, every day, things should become easier. But many times it's the exact opposite. It's the exact opposite. That every day you hear some more depressing news. You know, something worse has happened. You hoped that things would come to an end, problems would come to an end, but you realize that things are only getting worse and worse. And this is part of life. It is part of life. And we see that this is exactly what happened with the prophets. Gradually, it was only debate. And then, the people came down to threatening the prophets. فَأَوْحَى إِلَيْهِمْ رَبُّهُمْ So their Lord revealed to them, to His prophets, لَنُهْلِكَنَّ الظَّالِمِينَ that surely we shall definitely destroy the wrongdoers. Don't worry. At the end, those who do zulm will be destroyed. And this is Allah's promise. Yes, there are people who are suffering at the hands of the oppressors, but yes, in that is their test. In that is the test of people in general. But this is Allah's promise. لَنُهْلِكَنَّ الظَّالِمِينَ We shall definitely destroy the wrongdoers. The people of Shu'ayb they threatened him. لَنُخْرِجَنَّكَ يَا شُعَيْبُ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مَعَكَ مِنْ قَرِيَتِنَا Oh Shu'ayb, we're going to expel you and also those people who believed in you. People of Lut threatened him. أَخْرِجُوا آلَ لُوتٍ مِنْ قَرِيَتِكُمْ Expel the family of Lut from your qariya. And the mushrikeen of Makkah were also the same. We learn, وَإِذْ يَمْكُرُ بِكَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لِيُثْبِتُوكَ أَوْ يَقْتُلُوكَ أَوْ يُخْرِجُوكَ The people of Makkah, they planned and they plotted. To either kill the Prophet ﷺ or imprison him or expel him, they planned. وَيَمْكُرُونَ وَيَمْكُرُ اللَّهِ They plotted and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was also planning. So on the surface, on the apparent, it seems like those upon the haqq, the followers of the Prophets, the Prophets themselves, they were going to be finished. Why? Because the enemy was so strong. It was so powerful, so oppressive. But what does Allah say? لَنُهْلِكَنَّ الظَّالِمِينَ Remain hopeful. Allah will destroy the wrongdoers. وَلَنُسْكِنَنَّكُمُ الْأَرْضَ مِنْ بَعْدِهِمْ وَلَنُسْكِنَنَّكُمْ And surely we shall definitely cause you to dwell. نُسْكِنَنَّ What's the root? Seen kaf noon. Maskan. Maskan is home. Sukna. So, نُسْكِنَنَّكُمْ We will cause you to dwell. You will become the heirs. You will live. This will be your home. What? Al-Arda, the earth. مِنْ بَعْدِهِمْ After them. Meaning your enemy will be removed, your enemy will be destroyed, the oppressors will be destroyed, and the people will be free. نُسْكِنَنَّكُمُ الْأَرْضَ But this promise is for who? 
ذَلِكَ that is meaning this promise is لِمَنْ خَافَ مَقَامِي وَخَافَ وَعِيدِ two qualities are mentioned this promise meaning the promise of Allah's help is for who? those who لِمَنْ خَافَ مَقَامِي who fears my maqam وَخَافَ وَعِيدِ and fears my wa'id. What does it mean by my maqam? Maqam is position, place of standing. So who fears my position, meaning Allah's position, in the sense that he has fear of Allah. He realizes who Allah is, the Lord of the heavens and the earth. He understands who Allah is. And as a result, he fears him. Maqami. And you see, my standing, standing before me in other places, we also learn about fearing, standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that one day I have to face Allah, I have to answer Him, He will question me. So fearing that meeting, fearing Allah's position, His status, who He is, His rank, and then fearing the standing before Allah, that I am accountable before Him. So in other words, the one who fears Allah, وَخَافَ وَعِيدٍ And fears my threat. Threat. Threat of what? Of punishment. You see, when things get difficult, it's very easy to give up. Very easy to give up. Like for example, if you are having a lot of difficulty dealing with a particular individual, they're part of your life, a relative, it's very easy to say, never call me again, I'm never going to talk to you. Bye. Very easy to do that. But at the same time, there is threat from Allah that the one who cuts off relations with his relatives and such a person cannot enter Jannah. This is a threat. A big threat of punishment. So who is it that will bear that difficulty with patience? Who? The one who fears this threat. The one who fears... Allah. And no matter how difficult it is, He keeps going. He keeps accepting the challenges in life and He keeps dealing with them. He doesn't do anything that Allah will disapprove of. And for such a person who keeps striving, who keeps trying, who doesn't give up, He keeps going on for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then what will happen? Allah will help him. Allah will give him victory. Take the same example. Remember that man who came to the Prophet ﷺ and said that I have certain relatives who do bad to me and I do good to them. They keep doing bad to me, I keep doing good to them. What should I do? The Prophet ﷺ said that if you keep doing that, then it is as though you are putting ashes in their mouths. What does that mean? That you will be victorious. Allah will give you the upper hand. At the time it seems, people are abusing you. Abusing your help, abusing your time, abusing your life, abusing you know, you as a person. This is what it feels like. They're using you, they're abusing you. But remember, you are not giving their haqq because of who they are. You're giving their haqq because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when you will keep doing that out of Allah's fear, then Allah will give you victory over your opponents. And don't we see that in the life of the Prophet ﷺ, there are so many examples of how people who were too arrogant to acknowledge others, what happened? Eventually they had to accept. In the life of Yusuf ﷺ, what do we learn? His brothers, they did any possible evil to him. 
But Yusuf salam, what was his reaction like always? Of a muhsin. And then what happened? Allah gave him victory over his brothers. Allah gave him honor. Allah made him successful. So this is very important to remember. ذَلِكَ لِمَنْ خَافَ مَقَامِي وَخَافَ وَعِيدِي Likewise it happens that when we're going through difficulties, whose rights do we forget? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's rights. Right? That many times it happens because, you know, there's so many things to do. I'm sick, I'm unwell, I have so much work to do. Yes, I, I'm not going to pray this salah. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to fast. Because fasting is too difficult. Because, you know, I have so much work to do. I can't deal with this. So such a person, can he receive Allah's help? Can he receive Allah's help? No. The promise of victory, the promise of help is for those who fear Allah. Those who fear the punishment of Allah. So when we want our state to improve, when we feel that we are being oppressed by others and we want our state to improve, let's reflect on our deeds. Do they reflect obedience or do they reflect disobedience? For the longest time, I wasn't sure what it meant to love something or someone for the sake of Allah. And if somebody told me that they love me for the sake of Allah, I was like, okay, what does that really mean? Because why don't you love me for myself? If you think about it, the most sincere form of love can only be for the sake of Allah. Because if you wrong someone, they'll have every right to leave you if they love you for you. But if they continue to do things for you for the sake of Allah, your rights are ensured that way and so are Allah's. Because part of giving Allah His haqq is to give His creation. Yes. So they love you not because of you. They give your rights not because of you, but because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has asked them to do so. Assalamualaikum. I recently read about uh, Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu that he would make dua in the masjid every Thursday and before he made dua he would make an announcement three times that anyone in this gathering who has cut off relations please leave this gathering. Now one young man he left this gathering and he went to his aunt who he hadn't seen for two years and his aunt told him go back to him and ask him why he said that. So he came to Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu and he asked him and Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu said that I have heard that the dua of the person who cuts off relations is not accepted and I didn't want my duas not to be accepted because of the people's presence in the masjid. So we should remember these things when we are angry and upset with somebody and you know it's very hard to bend down and be humble and you know go and make up with the person but if we remember this then inshallah it be easy for us and the thing is that the way we deal with others the way we deal with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala our obedience or disobedience to him that has a direct impact on our condition of life our progress in general we think you know if we're suffering in our body and we are asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for help it should come immediately but What is the cause of that suffering? Perhaps it is our attitude towards our parents. Perhaps it is our attitude towards certain other people. Until and unless you fix the cause, hmm, how is it that things will improve? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the one who will fix the problems. He is the one who will relieve us of that pain. But that cause has to be fixed by us. Assalamualaikum. What the other sister was saying about loving someone for the sake of Allah, I was thinking of that just this morning because 
I was a little cross with my mother because she woke me up earlier than usual. So I was just, you know, kind of in a huff, ignoring her. She's in the Urdu class. She was listening to her lesson. And it was that ayat, just that one part, be good to your parents. And I thought that in an instant it made me think that, okay, I might be upset with her, but she's my mother and Allah is telling me. So I was thinking the Quran, part of its miracles is that when you least expect it, it'll give you what you need. And it had such an instant effect. And I'm like, okay, forget it. You can't, it's so stupid to be mad at her for something so little. Yes. And repairing my relationship with her, even over something so small, it's ibadat. And it makes like life so much easier, even in the morning when we're all getting ready to go. So yes. It improves uh, everything. Yes. And if you didn't you know, improve your attitude immediately, then your morning would be very bad and your day would be miserable also. Who would be unhappy? You would be unhappy. And this would you know, put a strain on your relationship with your mother in general over something so minor. So minor. And if you just accept that situation and do ihsan on the other and overlook their shortcoming, then you also see the good in the situation that you're in. That you say, oh, alhamdulillah, I have an extra half an hour now. I have an extra one hour now. I can take a nice, you know, easy, long shower and whatever. You know, I can have a relaxed morning instead of rushing out of the house. There's always good sides. But we don't get to see those good sides because of our reaction. Because we're mad. <laughs> okay. So, ذَلِكَ لِمَنْ خَافَ مَقَامِي وَخَافَ وَعِيدٍ وَاسْتَفْتَحُوا And they requested victory. اِسْتَفْتَحُوا From فَتَحَ فَتْح What does فَتْح mean? To open up. Now when a conqueror enters a city, then what is opened up for him? The gates, the doors. Right? So, فَتْح also means victory. فَتْح also means decision. Final verdict, final ruling. Why? Because then it opens up your ways, right? Because until a case is resolved, you don't know whether you're going this way or that way. There's so many possibilities. But when, once a final decision is made, then ways are opened up for you. So, who They requested victory. Who? The Prophets of Allah. When? The next day. No, after a long time, when they had done their best, they observed their sabr. They, out of Allah's fear, they conveyed the message. They did not give up. They remained obedient despite the difficulties. Then what happened was taftahu. They asked Allah for victory. They begged Him for success. And Allah, He gave them that success. Wahaba, and He was disappointed. Khayba, to be defeated, to fail in achieving one's purpose. So he failed. He was disappointed. Who? Kullu jabbarin anid. Every obstinate tyrant. Notice how the disbelievers were first described as zalimin, and over here they're described as jabbar anid. Who is jabbar? One who? Who is jabbar? What is jabr? To overpower the other. So jabbar is one who is overpowering the other, forcing the other to accept what he's saying. Who doesn't care about? The wishes, when Jabbar is used for a human being, this is what it means, okay? When it's used for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the meaning is different. So with regards to a human being, a very oppressive human being, who doesn't care about the wishes, the likes, the dislikes of others, the choices that they want to make. No, he forces his ways on them, his opinion on them. Jabbar. 
ظالمین جبار عنید ہو از عنید عین دال عنید از آبسٹنٹ جبار ان عنید میننگ سچ اپریسر سچ ڈس بلیورز ہو اپوزڈ اپریس دا بلیورز دے ور ڈس اپوائنٹیڈ میننگ دے فیلڈ دے فیلڈ میزربلی بیکاز اللہ سبحانہ تعالیٰ گیو وکٹری ٹو ہز میسنجرز تھنک اباؤٹ نوح علیہ السلام تھنک اباؤٹ ابراہیم علیہ السلام تھنک اباؤٹ عیسا علیہ السلام تھنک اباؤٹ موسا علیہ السلام تھنک اباؤٹ محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم آل آف دا پروفٹس آف اللہ ایٹ دی اینڈ ہو ون پروفٹس ون اینڈ ہو از اٹ دیٹ واز میزربلی ڈیفیٹڈ ایٹ واز دیئر اپوننٹس دے فیلڈ دے ور ڈس اپوائنٹیڈ آل آف دیئر ایفرٹس براٹ نتھنگ ایکسپٹ دیئر اون ڈیفیٹ من ورائی جہنم ان دا دنیا دے سفرڈ فیلئر دے ور ڈسٹرائڈ لک ایٹ فراؤن وٹ ہیپن ٹو ہم ہز انٹائر سولائزیشن اٹ کرمبل فنشڈ روئنڈ ہی ونٹ آف وتھ ہز آرمیز آفٹر دا بنی اسرائیل اینڈ وٹ ہیپن ٹو ہم وین ہی ریچ دا میڈل آف دا واٹر فنشڈ دا پیپل ڈسٹرائڈ اینڈ وین دا پیپل آر گان دین وٹ گڈ آر دا بلڈنگز اینڈ دا آرکیٹیکچر اینڈ Everything lost with the people. So his entire civilization, it crumbled. This was their fate. This was their end in the dunya. Their worldly power did not help him. Their material power did not help them. Nothing. And in the hereafter, مِن وَرَائِهِ جَهَنَّمْ What does wara mean? It's used as behind, but wara also means beyond. Beyond, meaning before him. So مِن وَرَائِهِ جَهَنَّمْ Before him is hell. In this dunya, the Jabbar Anid, destroyed by Allah. And when this person goes into the hereafter, what does he face? What does he enter? Jahannam. And in that Jahannam, what good is he going to get? Nothing at all. Yusqa. And he will be made to drink. Notice the word Yusqa. It is majhul. The action is being done on someone. Yusqa, he will be made to drink. He will be forced to drink. He will be given to drink. Mimma'in, water, a drink that is sadeed. Sadeed. Sadeed is from the root letters, sad, dal, dal. And sadeed is basically anything that is repulsive. Anything that you're disgusted by. Because sad means to stop, right? So there are certain things that when you see, you just stop. Even your eyes stop. You don't look at it again. When you smell it, your nose, you know, you stop because you don't want to smell it. It's so nasty. It's horrible to look at, nasty in its smell. Sadeed, anything that is repulsive, anything that is extremely unpleasant, that smells bad, that looks bad. Now, ma'in sadeed, a drink that is sadeed, what kind of drink is this? What kind of drink is it that which a person sees, he stops, he doesn't want it? What would it be? Either because of its temperature, or because of its looks, or because of its taste, or because of its smell, or because of what it's made of, or for any other reason. Sadeed. Now this liquid that will be given to them to drink, what is it? It's boiling. It's extremely hot. Extremely hot. The likes of which don't exist on the earth. The temperatures which we have never ever witnessed on this earth. Sadeed, extremely hot, boiling temperatures. Boiling temperatures. Sadeed. And not just that. 
smelling horrible looking horrible why because it is made of something disgusting the ulama have said that for example imam raghib he has said that sadid is basically that skin or that layer of flesh that comes between the pus okay you know in a wound and you can say the top layer of the skin so you're talking about you know a really bad wound that has gone nasty and the liquids that are oozing out of that and the flesh that is forming over there if you've ever had a wound like that even you don't want to look at it even you don't want to look at it forget about touching it with bare hands forget about touching it with bare hands this is the drink that the people of hellfire will be given because in hellfire when people are punished and their wounds they're festering and from that liquid is oozing out all of that will be collected somewhere and from that the people of jahannam will be given to drink yusqa mimma in sadid they will be made to drink from it why because they inflicted horrible torture on people on this planet they forced them and in jahannam they will be forced they inflicted on others and they will be inflicted on they wounded others and in jahannam they'll be drinking the liquids the secretions that come out from the wounds of people because each person will have to bear the consequences of what he has done yusqa min ma'in sadid yatajarra'uhu he will gulp it jur'a jim ra'in is to sip little by little When something is too difficult to drink, why? Because it's extremely hot, or it doesn't taste good at all, or it smells horrible, like some really strange kind of medication that you've been asked to take. How do you take it? You take it little by little. You sip it gradually, baby sips, little by little. Yatajarrahu. So this zalim, this oppressor, also in hellfire, he won't be able to drink it quickly. even though he's feeling extremely hot and he wants anything to drink no this drink will be so disgusting so hot that he will not be able to drink it all at once he will drink it little by little he will sip it and as he will sip it still wala yakadu yusiruhu he will not be able to swallow it meaning he will hardly be able to swallow it he will almost not swallow it but he will la yakadu means that to almost not do something but do it eventually لا يكاد يسيغه and you see always from senior again it's basically when a person swallows something easily when it's palatable it easily goes down and when a person is feeling nauseous or when a person is forced to eat or drink something is he able to swallow it easily not at all what happens many children when they're forced by their parents to eat or drink then what happens they barely put the food in their mouth that they start gagging and they throw up wala yakadu yusiruhu he will not be able to swallow it it will be very difficult for him to swallow it but this is punishment he has to drink it he cannot refuse it he will not have the option to refuse it and you know that in this world when people are tortured one of the ways of torture is what force feeding it's a torture it's a form of punishment literally and in hellfire people will be force fed because the force fed others yatajarra'uhu wala yakadu yusiruhu but you see in this world if a person is suffering from any kind of pain there's one hope at least that he can have one day i will die one day 
Whether I come out of this situation or I don't come out of this situation, one day I will die. So this misery will be over. I'm not going to stay in this world forever. So people cannot torture me forever. But in hellfire, is there any escape? There is no escape. وَيَأْتِيهِ الْمَوْتِ And death will come to him. Death will approach him. مِنْ كُلِّ مَكَانٍ From every place. Meaning, all the causes of death will be there. If that person would be living on this earth, then he would have died instantly. But in hellfire, وَيَأْتِيهِ الْمَوْتُ مِنْ كُلِّ مَكَانٍ Death will approach him from every place. وَمَا هُوَ بِمَيِّتِ But he will not die at all. He will not die. So his state is like that of a living person who is at the verge of dying. So he's neither living nor is he dead. He's stuck in the middle. And one thing that is extremely difficult is what? Death. It's extremely painful. The extraction of the soul from the body is extremely painful. I'm sure you are familiar with different stories of how people die. Some people die because of a really bad accident. Some people die because of excessive bleeding. Some people die because of being burnt. Some people die because their head is chopped off, because a limb got amputated and the bleeding never stopped. Or they froze to death, or they starved to death. And all of these conditions are pretty horrible. Pretty painful. Quite painful. Very, very painful. Imagine, Jahannam يَأْتِيهِ الْمَوْتُ مِنْ كُلِّ مَكَانِ Death is approaching him from every place, every venue, every cause. If it was bleeding that he could die with, he would have died. If it was burning, he would have died. But, وَمَا هُوَ بِمَيِّدْ It's hellfire. It's akhirah. The person is never going to die. And is this all? وَمِنْ وَرَائِهِ عَذَابٌ غَلِيظٌ And beyond that is an adab, a punishment that is غَلِيظ غَلِيظ More severe, massive, much more worse. A more difficult punishment. Meaning this is just the beginning. ثُمَّ لَا يَمُوتُ فِيهَا وَلَا يَحْيَا And this is why it is so important that we refrain from zulm today. We don't oppress others. Neither physically, nor emotionally, nor mentally. Because those who oppress others, they will be punished tomorrow. Those who do zulm, jabbar, anid, they will be punished tomorrow. And those who fear Allah, fear the threat of punishment that He has given, they're the ones who were given help by Allah. Those who oppress others, they're not helped. They're not assisted. From them, help is taken away. Ease is taken away. But those who are gentle with others, then Allah is gentle with them. Those who are lenient with others, Allah is lenient with them. Those who are forgiving towards others, Allah is forgiving towards them. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لِرُسُلِهِمْ لَنُخْرِجَنَّكُمْ مِنْ أَرْضِنَا أَوْ لَتَعُودُنَّ فِي مِلَّتِنَا فَأَوْحَى إِلَيْهِمْ رَبُّهُمْ لَنُهْلِكَنَّ الظَّالِمِينَ وَلَنُسْكِنَنَّكُمُ الْأَرْضَ مِنْ بَعْدِهِمْ ذَلِكَ لِمَنْ خَافَ مَقَامِي وَخَافَ وَعِيدٌ وَاسْتَفْتَحُوا وَخَابَ كُلُّ جَبَّارٍ عَنِيدٍ 
his death that he was hiding from the people who he actually was in, showed injustice to, and he actually ended up committing suicide. Assalamu alaikum. When I was reading this ayah, I remembered an analogy that Brother Normali Khan gave. That he's saying that, you know, many people, many non-Muslims, they say that where is the justice and fairness in this world, right? And he's saying that our lives, our believer's life is like a balanced equation, like a chemical algebraic equation. And there's two sides to it. When you have a mathematical equation, you need to balance both sides of it. One side, when you look at it, the right side it could be unbalanced and you go to the left side and you fix it. But you know, those who don't have belief, they only look at one side of the equation, almost like a coin. When you're in one side of the coin, you can't see the other side of it. So for us believers, it's like this eye is like a hope that you know, if in this world, one side of the equation, if we suffer any sort of injustice and we can't have that revenge or whatever, Allah will give it to us in the other side of the equation, in the hereafter. So it gives us hope. Yes. This is why I rely upon Him. Tawakkul ala Allah. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik, nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta, nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.